I'm Danny, a student intern at Sport Tech Global, and today I'm joined by Carl Garda, an educational psychologist and management consultant. Thank you for joining me today, Carl. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. No worries. Um, firstly, you have a creator of the Emotional Intelligence Mind Map, so you see my quite a good guys to ask it about. So um, what is it and how can it be used? Okay, so the Emotional Intelligence Mapping concept was, um, was something that I designed to help cognitive behavioural therapists in psychology with their clients. It was just a way of them reaffirming how that we could qualify our emotions more accurately. Okay, yeah, thank you. That sounds uh, really useful. Um, and um, how does your approach differ when you're teaching emotional intelligence to children or adults? The, the stuff that we did with, with children. So when I, I, I retired very early, uh, I was about 39 at the time, and I came to Saudi Arabia just recently um, to, to basically write some books. That's what I did. And then um, I found myself struggling with my own mental health. And the map was a way of, of dealing with that. But just prior to that, I had to try and find a almost like a noble goal, a legacy driver. And I thought that, you know, reaching a certain amount of money and saying I've retired, don't need to work anymore, that I would be happy. But I, I, was, I was wrong. I needed something else. I needed a higher purpose. So what I did, I started to look at education for children. And I didn't think... I thought globally we were failing them. We're not properly preparing children for life after school. We're not giving them those soft skills. Um, the, the whole system is about 150 years old. So what I did is I wrote a series of books called Addie the Alien, which was a way of taking some really uh, complicated um, psychological models. We, we looked at Dr. Ebbinghaus, uh, who did the, the Edding Curve Theory, uh, Dr. Bazan, who did some work on spaced repetition, and even some of uh, Dr. Stephen Covey's, uh, where he implemented the, the uh, eight successful habits of, uh, of people. And what we did, we took those methods and we made them palatable for young minds in these children's stories. So they could read a children's story and immerse within the text would be uh, the eight best uh, practices. We would look at forgetting curves, um, spaced repetition, and all to you know enhance the the holistic development of, of a uh, of a child. Yeah, it does seem really important because it does seem somewhat one dimensional the educational system. How it's just it is so focused on just remembering information for an exam, but that's not really what it is in the real world, is it? Like you need more skills, Matt. I cannot think of any industry that requires us to have uh, a great STM, so that, that, that short-term memory, and yet we condition uh, our children with short-term memory conditioning, even when the government, and, and it's not just a UK problem, by the way, it's a global problem. I've done tours in Africa. We, we looked at New Zealand, Australia, and over here in the Middle East as well, and they also have issues with conditioning short-term memory. And what happens is even when they say we want to develop the holistic child, the performance measures by the government are almost making sure that teachers get their, their grade schools for their children. There's even things like uh, in certain countries where they have uh, a PP, they have part uh, payments, uh, payments that they get bonuses depending on these um, on these grade schools. There's grants that come into schools, and all because of this, it means that. They, the teachers go with the best of intentions to develop you know, the holistic child, but all too often the power 
with the KPIs, the key performance indicators, end up pushing and funneling them towards this uh, short-term memory conditioning. Yeah, that is really interesting. It seems like a quite a pressing issue, really. Um, and kind of leading on to that, um, with your experience as a director of education uh, as an, and an educational psychologist in mind, uh, what is the main area of the education system in the UK that you believe requires reform? It's very interesting that you said uh, uh, the word reform. I think we've been reforming this for years, and I think we have to revolutionise education. And I, I truly feel that we need to start looking at um, what, what is the reason for education. And if we go to our schools, we do our schools to go to college. I remember um, my father was, he gave me some advice. I was, I was about 16 at the time and just doing my, my uh, GCSEs. And he said, son, if you work really, really hard and you get your GCSEs, then you'll get, you'll get to go to college. And he was right. And then he gave me some advice a couple of years later, you work really, really hard at your A-levels and you'll get into a good university. And he, and he was right. And then he said at the end of the university, work really hard at university and then you'll get a job. And, and yes, he was still right, but I'm approaching 50 now. I cannot give the same advice to my children because it's no longer the case. We're doing degrees and after the degrees, we can't find jobs. And then we say, okay, let's go and do a master's degree. And then they'll say, you still can't find a job. Where do we get? We'll get our PhD. And we still can't find jobs. Um, I remember a, a PhD who had got his PhD was working on London Underground on the gate line. And it's because he couldn't find work. And, and I just think it's quite fascinating that what we need to be doing is the reason for education is to make us, um, you know, a, a good member of society who can add value to it through, through meaningful work. Now, if we're trying to do that, what we need to do is go to the, you know, the industry makers and say, well, what is it that you require? There are, there are, there are going to be millions of jobs that don't exist now that will exist in five years' time. And, and therefore, it's not like learn how to read, write, and do certain examinations anymore. We need you to know how to learn. We need you to know how to behave. We need you to know how to think. So now we need to start looking at and teaching the children the processes of, of learning and development instead of the, as I said previously, the short-term conditioning making. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess, what is the point of academics if you can't actually apply the information? I'd be very interested to see a, a study. Right now, I mean, they're, they're using the map currently. There's some research being done. It's at the world's largest female-only university. And um, they're doing, they're taking the map and they're using it for exams and they're doing a thing where you have a look at how are you feeling, qualify it more accurately, and then think emotions that would be best used to help you with the exam. Now, I like that because it's showing them there's a process behind what they're doing, how to you know, calm themselves, how to, to focus. And I think we need to be doing more things like that. We need to be focusing on um, emotional intelligence. I read a, a research study very recently done on the uh, Fortune 500 industry, and they were looking at 2020, are the top skills that the top HR executives are looking looking for, and and number one was, was meta thinking. I think um, a change uh, management was was another uh, fortitude they were looking for. And number three was emotional intelligence. And I'm thinking when you look at that, 
None of them say, we want you to have an MBA. You know, none of them say, we want you to have a, a law degree. They're actually looking for you to have these, these soft skills, which have become quite core to the success of, of any companies nowadays. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, yeah, this was, uh, it's all really interesting. It's, it's really interesting to see your, your insight in the academic system and um, how emotional intelligence can be applied and how important this is to use. Um, so again, yeah, thank you very much for talking to me today and uh, hope you have a great day. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Danny. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Cafe 21. You can catch the visuals to the Hot Seat Collection on our YouTube or on our IGTV page at STGC 2021. And tickets for our live conference happening on the 16th of October are now live on Ticketmaster. Check out our website, sportsdeckglobalconference.com for more information. See you there.